worship was a blessing, wasn't it? Opportunity, Sister Merriweather, the leadership, clergy, deacons, trustees, members. Thank you all for being here today. I know the scripture was read earlier, but I want to read three verses, and you don't have to stand, but I want you to listen. I'll be reading Luke chapter 5. I'm going to read verse 20 and verse 24. Verse 20 reads as thus. It says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Verse 24 says, but I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. The next verse is Hebrews 11.6, where it says, and without faith it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So I want to talk and teach with the topic of our conversation, your change is waiting for you. Dear Lord, thank you for blessing us and allowing us to be in your house today. Thank you for bringing us throughout this week and just presenting us with this opportunity. Allow your word and my testimony to pierce the hearts of someone that it will feel encouraged and blessed by the word. That they will leave out, they'll be transformed in a different way than they came in. They may feel your power and your might amongst them as it falls on them. That as they continue to live through their life, they know that you are with them. That should allow me to decrease that you might increase. Empower me and strengthen me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. So I can do what you have called me to do. Bless these and all other things in Jesus Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. When I think about the scripture, I, Jesus was teaching in the house. And it was multitudes present. Pharisees, teachers of the law. And in the midst of him teaching, some men were carrying a paralyzed man who was trying to get in the house. There was no room for him. So I have to say, with preachers, the sermons hit us first. So it made me realize that, first of all, every one of us have experienced paralysis. Paralysis is defined as the loss of the ability to move and sometimes feel. So you might say you can walk, but I'm sure one of us has been depressed. I'm sure one of us has been anxious. I'm sure one of us has had low self-esteem. I'm sure one of us has had anger issues, trust issues. You name it, we've had. And it has caused us to not be able to be fully invested in whatever we're doing. we got trust issues, we can't be invested in our relationships. If we have anxiety, we can't be fully committed and trusting in God. There is something that hinders us from moving forward. So I see this man. In the midst of Pharisees who, who are hearing about this guy Jesus and they just want to see who the hot new thing is. What is he talking about in comparison to what we do? But this man just simply came for help. He came because he heard about a man that could do something about his condition. So I would say it hit me first to realize that there is no ever a reason I can't come in this house with the right energy. Because this man didn't know who Jesus was. He didn't die on the cross yet. He just heard a rumor about a man who could heal. We have the advantage of knowing Jesus died on the cross. We have the advantage of knowing the blood still works. We simply have the example to know that the same God that did it before can do it again. So it made me realize that when I walk into this house, I need to have a song in my heart. A joy in my spirit. There should be no reason that I feel disheartened in the midst of service. 
I put a lot of energy in any other time, but when it comes to church, I have to, I change my head. I listen to my gospel in the car. I get my spirit together when I'm not feeling Because I have anxiety issues. I have paralysis. But I can't bring that negativity in the house. But you gotta be vulnerable. You gotta be honest about your hurt. God doesn't want you to lie. God doesn't want you to look pretty. God doesn't care what you're wearing. He wants to know who you are. So you come with all your anxiousness, all your frustrations, all your confusion, and you leave it here. So you come into this house ready to worship like we did today. Ready to sing along like we did today. Ready to give, ready to worship, ready to sing. Only for the purpose of knowing I'm hurt and I need God. Even if it's just that simple. You don't have to be loud. You don't have to shout. But just know you got a worship on your lips, a concern on your heart, and know that the same God brought you before is eventually going to do so. So it made me realize that when I felt that. But in the midst of you waiting for your change, there's three things you need to change. The first thing I thought about is the need to change your methods. The text says they went up on a roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. And we've read Hebrews 11 and 6 where it says, Without faith is it impossible to please God. Anyone who comes to him must believe he exists, one, and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. I don't know about you, but being lowered through a roof in the midst of a crowd sounds like he was earnestly seeking. All right. So... I had to think about this. A lot of us don't have that desperation in our behavior. We come to church and we, we fulfill our duties and we try to seek answers from God, but we don't go outside of our comfort zone. Come on, come on. And I'm telling this from experience, I'm not willing to go out of my, my comfort zone. Come on. You say, what's your comfort zone? I like watching TV after I get done work. I'm not willing to turn that TV off. I like staying on my phone. I like listening to music. I like hanging out. I'm not willing to change my habits to fix what's going on with them. But that's what he did. He didn't know who Jesus was. Besides a rumor, but was willing to go the extra step to take the extra risk to get what he needed from God. To be honest, and I'm going to use myself as an example, I struggled, and I was going into a place that I realized I didn't need to be in. I was becoming anxious, I was worrying, I felt the weight of people I lost. From my Uncle Anthony that you know, to my grandma. And I realized I needed to do something out of the ordinary. It wasn't okay just to do what I normally did. It wasn't okay to just hang out and hope it changed. I had to do something different. That means I had to fast. And Lord knows I love chicken, and anybody who knows me knows. I eat it all the time. But I said I needed something different from God. I'm not going to eat it. I know I overdo it, so I'm not even going to do it. Why? Because I knew there was something that needed to be fixed. And I had enough faith to know I needed to go the extra step to get closer to God. I set a timer to read every day because I struggle with reading every day. I set a time to read the Bible and read my books and pray. Why? Because I knew I needed something God had. Even if I didn't have the understanding of what it was, there was something missing in my life. And you said, well, you're a minister, you're a servant, we're human. 
We're growing every day. We're trying to get closer to Christ. And what makes a servant a servant is being honest with himself to know what growth he needs to do. So I had to make a change and I had to make a step to do the things I needed to do from God. And I felt a difference. I felt the word touch me differently. I felt a little bit more encouraged to go the next day. I felt a little bit stronger to go the next day. I didn't need to know how it was going to happen anymore. I just knew it was going to. Because there was a change that I needed to get to. And because I was not willing to be close enough to God, I would never obtain that change. So you say, what are you trying to say to me? I'm saying to you, whatever that is for you, step out of your comfort zone. Whatever it is for you, if you got to turn that TV off, if the children got to get off of social media, you need to find a way to get closer to God. You have to find a way to just meditate on some good music that's gospel. You need to get in your secret place and get down on your knees to pray. You need to find a song that touches your spirit to worship. Because it's not about a formality, a title, or a tradition. If you're not getting closer to God, you're hurt. And it's there for you to get to. But there's another blessing in the text. It says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The second thing I realized, you need to change your company. Everybody should think right now, who do you talk to the most? Who do you spend time with the most? Who do you confide in the most? And realize, are they really good for you? Somebody say their faith. We're going to say it one more time. Their faith. Their faith. That means to me corporate faith. That means unity. That means a group. <laughs> Jesus saw their faith. Not the paralyzed man alone. But the men who were helping. You have a lot of friends in your life that might not necessarily be bad, but they're not good for you. Tell it. And I'm not saying you need to cut them off. You might have to distance yourself. If they invite you out, you might not have to go out there. Today because you might have somebody better to be around. You might not need to be confiding in certain people. You might not need to be listening to certain people. Because the truth is, I don't want man's opinion because man didn't put me in the circumstance I'm in. The God that I serve breathed life into the dirt. And that God is going to speak to change my circumstance. So I realized I, I need people around me that's not going to ask me about going out. That's not going to talk about something they think is going to help me. I need somebody who's going to pray. I need to know somebody who's going to tell me to read a book. I need somebody, when I said I was going fast, they said, when we start. That's the type of faith you need to get your breakthrough. You need the people that's willing to come into church and just pray when they don't know what's wrong with you. When you can't even utter the words of the pain, they pray. That's the faith you need. You got to check the people around you. And I, I thought about it in the simplest way of, of being cold. We experience cold, especially in the winter. We got to Nobody wants to go outside. Nobody wants to You got to do extra stuff. And I realize I, I don't dress the ones. 
Okay. I dress because you know, I want to look nice. Right. I might be cool. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes you get a little too cool. Yeah. And God showed me a different way of looking at how all things work together because when you have to get to work, you take that extra step. You put on that extra heavy coat. You put on them thicker gloves. You put on that extra hat. You put on those thermals. You put on those heavy boots to get you where you need to go. So what are you trying to say? When the wind gets blowing and the snow is coming down, that's the way we need to handle ourselves when we're struggling. We need to think of the person that's going to cover our head through prayer and encourage your words. Think of the person that's going to grab your hand to take you to the altar. Think of the person that's going to go somewhere positive with you because there's a revival. Think about those people that you can carve on when you're not strong enough to get to Jesus that can help get you there. And that's what I've realized that I needed to dress for the occasion. I needed to get myself around people that was willing to pour into them with their faith. Knowing that the God that they serve not only can bless them, but bless me. Even when I could utter the strength, nor if I could walk or think any differently. They had the mind of Christ enough to get me where I needed to be in Christ. And that's just the way the enemy likes to get you. He likes to get to your head. He likes for you to overthink. He likes for you to doubt. But if you're not strong enough to realize you need some other people around you, Move your ego out the way and get the people you need around you. You'll never get the experience, the enjoyment of the second half the revivalist was talking about if you're too stubborn to get out your own way. You need teammates to get through this bad. And if you're not willing to put some faithful people around you to get through your ceiling, then you're not going to make it. But then... I got to see the rest of the text. Because they made it to Jesus. And no, he didn't tell them to get up and walk. The first thing he said, your sins are forgiven. The average person would be mad because that's not what I was praying to God for. <laughs> You have to change your mindset to see what God is doing. Amen. To only think about what you're asking for is putting a limit on God. If you're not willing to let God work, then why are you trying to get to him? And this is getting to me when I first read it because I realized that we're too busy. Well, me. I'm too busy thinking about my circumstances when God is thinking about all of you. You thinking about the next bill when Christ is thinking about your next plan. But you still put in a box on God. And in the midst of not putting a box on God, you say, what else is there besides what he said? Realize that the paralyzed man never talked. He got to Jesus. Shut up. <laughs> Say it again, sir. I, I, don't, I don't get that. Like, you've been praying, you, you want this, and you get to him. You make it. Right, right. And you don't got nothing to say. Okay. Through reading and prayer, I realized that I got more listening than I got talking. Come on, come on. I realize that God sees the bigger picture where I don't see the picture at all. 
And that is my biggest advice to you. When you pray, pray. But listen, there's an answer to a prayer. And it's not always what it happens physically. Sometimes you have to listen in your spirit. And this man changed his mindset. They didn't say how long he was paralyzed, but he was. So he finally made it to the person he believes can do something and never asked. He never uttered a word to him because he realized when you get in the presence of God, if you got the faith to get there, have the faith to believe God got it. Nothing else needs to be said once you reach it. The faith is what got you there. Because you believe that he existed. You believe that he could do so. And he rewards those who seek him. Just seek. He sought out the Lord and stayed. It didn't say anything in this text in Hebrews about speaking. He rewards those who seek. Look. Dwell. He stayed. Didn't move. Until God told him to move. That's the blessing of changing your mindset. Because it's not about you. It's not about who's watching. And Lord knows there's always someone watching. There's always a Pharisee saying, who do you think you are to bless them in such a fashion? Who do you think you are to do such a thing to this person who came out of nowhere? You interrupted your sermon and your teaching to us, the Pharisees, so we can see what you're doing. To forgive someone of sin? Come on. Come on, preacher. That, my friend, is still putting Jesus in a box. They define Jesus as a prophet, as a person that could heal and to bless. They didn't see the full scope of him dying. They didn't understand the power of his resurrection. They just saw him as a servant. So the point is, when this text shows you the purpose of salvation and the power of salvation, Jesus is bigger than any tradition the Pharisees had. Yes, yes. Any problem that that paralyzed person had. Any pain that he experienced. Because when he died, he came back with all power. And it's simply, if you don't remember anything else, as long as you got the faith, Jesus has the grace. As long as you got the faith, Jesus has the power. As long as you got the faith, Jesus got the peace. As long as you got the faith, Jesus got the joy. As long as you got the faith, Jesus got the love. Jesus is ready to take control of any situation you may be facing yourself. You come here looking for change, but you need to wait for the change. Jesus has empowered you to stand, therefore. You don't have to utter a word when he's covering you. You don't have to speak to any person that has the nerve to comment on your blessing. If you read the text further, Jesus said, I did what I wanted to do. I forgave him of his sin. Would you prefer me to ask him to walk? Get up and take your bed and leave. Why? Because Jesus is just Jesus. He doesn't need anybody's authorization or approval. He doesn't need no room in order of service to be. Jesus deems himself ready to come. He comes. So my advice is to wait. Don't move past it. Don't overthink it. Don't think you better. Because Jesus is the one that breathes life. Jesus is the one that keeps breath in you. Jesus is the one that gave you the comfort. Jesus is the one that gave you the power to speak to any situation you're in. But the reason you need to get closer to Jesus is so that you have the mind of Jesus. That you can speak to that mountain, be thoughtful, and cast it into the sea. That's not a mindset of a human. That's the mindset of Christ. That's the mindset that knows 
the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. That man did not see himself walking yet in the physical, but he claimed it in the spiritual of a man that he heard a rumor. We know who Jesus is. We've walked with Jesus. He's talked with us. There is no reason to doubt the Jesus of the Christ. His blood is still working. He will for us. With his stripes, we've been healed. There's no reason to be defeated. We've been more than conquerors. So are you ready for your change? Are you ready to accept your change? Are you ready to come in his house? Sense to 